I apologize. This is a stupid intro, but I've been wanting to do it since I found out the movie. Clap your hands, everybody, because it's time for No Highway Option. Stomp your feet, everybody. It's a new episode of this podcast. In case you don't know, that's the uh, 76ers theme song, and they make a small appearance in this film. So that's why I wanted to do that. Uh, welcome to No Highway gotcha. Option. It's the podcast where we answer the one question that applies to every film. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 seminal masterpiece, Fastfire? I'm one of your hosts, Connor. And if I had to give any type of gem to any type of athlete, I would give a ruby to old Philly's first baseman, Jim Tomey, because I liked him a lot as a child. He hit home runs sometimes. Right on, right on. I'm your other host, Luke. And uh, I'm going to say the, the gem's going to have to go to the one, the only, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Um, and, I mean, what comes in the ring? It looked like there were a lot of diamonds in the ring. Um, those were basketball ones. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Super Bowl ring is going to have some diamonds, too. So we're going to give a ring to the GOAT. Okay. And we have a special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Corey. Uh, hello. <laughs> um, I would give a um, oh, hmm, a gem. I would give a white opal to um, Babe Ruth. Why? Because it's the first athlete that popped into my head. Nice. Yeah, you could probably very drop New off. York. He can drop it off at his grave. He'll he he'll like it. He'll I think. accept it. I know he will. <laughs> and in case you couldn't tell from that intro, the movie that we're covering this week is the 2019 drama thriller by the Safdie brothers, Uncut Gems, given to us by Natty from last week. Thank you, Natty. Does anybody have a history with this movie at all? This is the second time I've seen it. Yeah, uh, I've seen it three times actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is this first is my was, second time as well. First time I went because I was interested, and the other two times is that I got dragged to it with oh. people. So <laughs> yeah. this counts as one of those. No, actually. Nice. Yeah, this was uh, definitely first watch was like when it came out. Curious about like oh, I hear Sandler's really good, and then. You know, having a two-hour-long panic attack throughout all of it, I was like, oh man, I never want to watch this film again. And then last week, was told I have to watch this film again. <laughs> it is objectively better than Live Freaky, Die Freaky. Well, yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a fantastic film, I just hate how it makes me feel. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I felt like it was a, a true story based on any man who works on Canal Street. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, you probably walk down the street and you can see, like, six different Howies at any time of day. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I would not want to interact with Howie. I don't think I'd be able to get a word in. Yeah. I don't think he'd pay attention to you at all. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I don't have a lot of money or anything shiny. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't dress that way either like 
he, he would look at me and he'd be like, oh, yeah, look at that baggy T-shirt and those shorts with pineapples on them. He's not going to buy any jewelry from me. Yeah. You can't look at the Furby anymore. Get out of my store. <laughs> yeah. So there's a diamond-encrusted Furby. What's the purpose? Bling. Diamond-encrusted Furby, man. Bling for whom? I think they mention, like, I think they say, like, oh, it's for, like, rappers and music videos to, like, look unique. Or, like, trust fund toddlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, before we get into talking deeper, do we want to do the... About Furbies. ...synopsis reading? Yeah. Uh, in Pull which, it up. Uh, we do a thing where I write... This week, I wrote part one of the synopsis, and Luke's gonna read it. And later on in the show... I'm going to read part two of the synopsis that Luke wrote. Meet Howard. He's a fast-talking gambling addict with a jewelry store and a potentially dangerous polyp in his colon. He's got clients like Kevin Garnett, big-time basketball star, a very scowly soon-to-be ex-wife, and a side piece named Jules, who knows the weekend is in 2012. How hip. Knows who the weekend is. In 2012. How hit. There you go. Yeah. Howie gets a cool opal rock full of uncut gems from Ethiopia that will solve all his money woes, since he usually takes the money he owes Arno and places bets with it. I guess Howie's a huge fan of Shark Tale, since he continually recreates the inciting incident in his real life. He's planning on putting the opal up for auction, but KG sees it and is like, Bro, gotta give me the shiny. It's so cool, and I'm a basketball guy. I need it. So he lends it to KG and makes a huge bet that he wins. Oh, man, he's gonna have $600,000. Holy shit, he's gonna come. Except no. Arno, a guy whose money Howie constantly uses, finds out about finds out and stops the bet. Howie made no money and gets the shit beaten out of him while his... Well, he's at his daughter's high school production of something. Something about coin puking? I don't know. Anyway, he swears he never resurfaced anything and is left naked in his trunk. All the more reason for Adina Menzel to want to divorce him after Passover. KG won't give back the opal, but how he needs it for the auction. He tries to get his friend slash employee, Demani, who's tight with KG to get it back. To go into Philly to try and get it, but to no avail. They go to a party, there's a fight with Jules that Luke will elaborate on, and the next day, Kevin Garnett returns with the opal, and they might have a bit of trouble with Chekhov's magnetic door lock. I didn't realize the fight was in part one until after I sent you the text, so I made made, made a little adjustments. That's cool, I allude to it. You'll that, get there. That's fine. Yeah, they, they fight after seeing The weekend. Yeah, this this opens strong, I guess is the word, uh, with like the Ethiopian mining colony and the guy's leg is destroyed. And yeah. the, the first time I watched it, I had to like go back in my browser. I was like, did I rent the right thing? I would say it opens strong until you're inside a butthole. And then it's not as strong anymore. And the question, is that Adam's? Uh, I don't is know. That... Chris and I were debating that also. It <laughs> might that... be a stunt hole. A stunt, a stunt hole. hole. 
All right, Incognito Google, what do you got for is that Adam Sandler's butthole and uncut gems? You heard it here, folks. Connor's googling stunhole. <laughs> um, there's nothing about it. It's just a bunch of reviews about uncut gems calling Adam Sandler an asshole. Well, calling Howie an asshole. Yeah. It's a weird fucking transition. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, it's definitely artistic, I guess, yeah. is the best word for it. Like, the Safties are definitely doing their, their thing. They're evolving as filmmakers. Like, we saw it from watching Good Time, their last movie, for this show versus this this one is shot better it's shot very well yeah i mean i think on paper this is like a good movie it's just like not fun to watch yeah Yeah. no not at all Mm -hmm. i think that's why i had trouble watching it the first time i it's like i really can't watch the office because michael scott is so good at his character that it gives me anxiety so it was kind of like that. I just like I needed him to like stop doing what he was doing and just be like calm down for a second. And it wasn't that. Never. Yeah. Throughout the whole fucking thing. Yeah, not once. Nope. I felt like every time I watch this movie, I guess like all two of them, I feel like when people complained about Twenty Four, and they'd be like, "When does that guy use the bathroom?" And that's how I felt watching this movie. Pretty much, because there is no real, there is kind of a sense of time to it, but you get the sense that he's been awake for like 72 hours. His whole life up to this moment. Or his whole life, yeah. (laughs) I don't... Are you still on the butthole thing? Yeah, no, it's a real colonoscopy, but it doesn't confirm whether or not it's Adam Sandler's. Whose colon is it? Stunt hole. I'm sure there's like, like, public use, fair use colonoscopies. It did say something about it took a while to get the rights to the colonoscopy. Even better. I, which like, I guess, yeah, man, if a Hollywood, if Hollywood people came up and were like, hey, can we use your asshole to open our movie? It's just like... Sure. You're like, well, what movie? That's... Who's in it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what kind of movie? That's a Hollywood hole, baby. You will be Adam Sandler's stunt hole. Be like, you know what? Yeah, sign me up. I'll do that. And honestly, oh yeah, he takes all his friends to like the beach for every movie. They just like fuck around and party. Like, is it going to be one of those? Yeah. No, it's going to be a lot more like the Cobbler, but dark. <laughs> oh God, the Cobbler. Yeah, you. He thinks he's going to become part of the Adam Sandler crew. It's like, oh man, Gronos 3 starring me, Kevin, starring Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, and Butthole Guy. (laughs) Uh, Howard Ratner is the full name of Adam Sandler's character. And boy oh boy, watching this this time, the second he got on his phone to talk, like the second he began speaking, my like I just tensed up. I was like, "Nope, nope, I know what's going on." <laughs> it's uh, it's and it's another safety thing that you kind of feel in good time as well. They have people talk over each other a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. which 
I get it's realistic, but it just like it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's like a group of people I would never associate myself with. Mm-hmm. Now, across the board, or just like the people who work in the shop? I think across the board. Yeah, not one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he knows any good people. Maybe the weekend we only see him get decked. Right, or um, the guy who uh, quit. He's like, you're yeah. sitting here looking at all your fishes. I'm gonna like blah blah blah. Yeah. I'd probably hang out with him. Lakeith Stanfield, even though demanding bad person, good actor. Yeah. I would also say that Kevin Garnett kills it. He does way better than I would expect him to do. Yeah, he was well he did acted well for F for an athlete. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got he's got a certain amount of like just charisma to him, so he's not one note flat the entire time like you can tell he's done plenty of post-game interviews he knows how to handle himself although better than mj i'd say in uh in spaceship lots of people are (laughs) and judging by the trailers better than lebron james in a new legacy yeah probably yeah but uh this movie takes place in 2012 kevin garnett and everything it wasn't supposed to initially can you guess oh. who the first basketball player in the script apparently was? Uh, Kobe? Blake Griffin. No, uh, Joel Embiid. Oh. He's a Sixers guy. Ah. That's, if if he wasn't a Sixers guy, I would not have known who it was. So, but, would they have changed the ending, or would they have changed the year? They would have changed the year. It would have been set in the present day, and it would have been fake but then filming apparently moved to the fall during the nba season so they couldn't have used a an active player right i was wondering about that because why don't you just fake it you know why do you pick it's gonna be the 2012 basketball season because kevin garnett was playing then yeah like i guess they were just like when they found out they couldn't shoot it for Joel Embiid and like modern basketball, they could just have put, okay, I want a parlay bet on team, team, team. And they would have determined it later. I mean, I say this as someone who doesn't watch basketball. Like I've, I've been to a couple of games in my life, but like I've never followed a team. It's always interesting in a movie. Any basketball footage, it, always works i can't think of a time it didn't yeah yeah i mean i like i I was a huge fan of like mike (laughs) yeah it's it's one of the more fun sports to have movies based on because they're always moving for the most part yeah like it's not like football where there's like long pauses even though football movies are exciting too Mm. i also like football every time hit me with that jerry Maguire. I will remember those Titans. Uh, Adam, Sa- let's talk about Adam Sandler in this movie. A lot, a lot of people say it's his best performance of all time, and I would tend to agree. I think. Uh, he's. I'm, I don't know. Good. He's like. 
doing a good job. I think Adam Sandler's best performance, and I'm going to catch some flack for this, is Funny People. I haven't Funny people in a long time, so oh, I do not remember it very well. People. I just remember I enjoyed it, but I remember saying it was a little too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was a Judd Apatow movie, so right. naturally. Yeah. But, uh, and it got all kinds of critical praise. Daniel Day-Lewis came out and was like Adam Sandler's incredibleness. Uh, and people thought he was going to get nominated for an Oscar, but he did not. I think he deserved the nod, but he didn't deserve the award. Agreed. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree. So you had Jonathan Price in The Two Popes, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, and the winner, ugh, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. Oh, damn. I mean, I guess, like, I still haven't seen that one. I hear I, he puts a lot into it. Yeah, no, he def- he acts a lot. I just don't like it. But it's... I can see why Adam didn't make it in, but I feel like he could have slipped in somewhere. Yeah, they could have. He could have been in there, yeah. I'll tell you that I think the other Adam should have won that year. Marriage Story is phenomenal. He is real good in it. Oh, I didn't see that. That's with um, Marriage Story. Yeah. Him and Scarlett Johansson. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't see it. I heard a lot They're about gone. it, though. The true story of a actress and a director-screenwriter going through a divorce based on the real director-screenwriter's divorce. Which, you know how he paid for that divorce. Madagascar 3. He wrote Madagascar 3, Europe's <laughs> Most Wanted. That's a, that is a movie that I watched at my desk at work. And then like was like looking around at the end. Because I was like, I'm not crying here in the warehouse. <laughs> Apparently, because Adam Sandler did not get an Oscar nomination... He promised Howard Stern that he would make the worst movie ever. He said, yeah. if I don't get it, I'm going to come back and do one again that is so bad on purpose just to make you all pay. I think, Which is... <laughs> I, th- I think it's that Huey Halloween movie. That's the thing. I think people believe it was Huey Halloween, but at the same time, Huey Halloween wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, I... I fully enjoyed that movie. I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> when he'd drink the egg and then do a big throw up, I laugh real hard. Like, I, I was like, oh, if this is what you think the worst movie ever made is, then, like, keep making them worse. Sure. Show us what you got that you think is bad. I still haven't seen that one. That I think movie? The Cobbler is uh, comfortably the worst. That's what I've heard a lot of people hate The Cobbler. Hate the cobbler, but a lot of people are also pro Sandy Wexler, which is another one I missed. Sandy Wexler was fun. Like, yeah, it was stupid and it wasn't that good, but like, it was premium fun Sandler. The cobbler, at the most fun, he's putting on different shoes, you know? And then they set up at the end like there was going to be some kind of big fucking cobbler verse. Oh? Method Man is in it. It's it's a terrible, terrible Adam Sandler movie. I've never seen it. Very interesting. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, so Howard's <laughs> gonna audition audition auction off the opal, uh, which comes shipped to him inside of a fish. I guess that's to get through customs, maybe? Yeah, probably. I don't know much about rock smuggling. Yeah, because what are you hiding the rock from in the fish? Because a dog can't smell a rock. <laughs> it's not a pound of weed, you know? I guess it's... Maybe if like someone... I don't know, because if someone takes the box of fish, I mean, they'll eventually find you're it. You're boned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's, like, because it's so valuable, they don't want anybody at the airport seeing it. Or, like, being suspicious, or being like, man, there's a rock in here. A rock looks more like, oh, rocks can be weapons, fish can't? I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You can, isn't there, isn't there a Smash Bros with the fish, or is that a different game? I mean, there's... The PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah, I think that that's PlayStation All Stars. Uh, but yeah. So when Gavin Garnett wants the rock, he trade he trades his '08 championship ring to him, and then how he takes it to a pawn shop. And this movie made me realize I have no idea how pawn shops work. I thought they were just sell your shit and leave, but it's like half sell your shit to leave it there and come back with more money. Well, I think mostly it's sell your shit and leave, but this is like, this guy's like a shyster, you know, he's, yeah. and he's always throwing around a lot of money. So they're like, we'll hold this for you if you'll give us more money next time. And then if not, they still get that ring. Yeah. I, yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. I just like watching it through this time. I was like, oh, that's right. I don't know anything about pawn shops. There's a lot of transactions here. That it's a lot, a lot of transactions, a lot of buzzing of doors, a lot of, lot of fucks. <laughs> they say fucks. fuck yeah. many times. Um, I don't think this holds the record. I think the record is still South Park movie. I thought it was Scarface. Oh. Let's see the list of films that most frequently use the word fuck. I would believe Scarface also. Oh no. Uh, actually, no. So, besides a documentary and something called SwearNet, uh, which has 935 in a 112-minute running time. Well, that's what I'm doing next. Uh, <laughs> Uncut Gems is actually number four. Oh. Number three is not the South Park movie that's not even in the top ten. And it's not Scarface. What is it? It's a... It's from the 2010s. It's very long. It's very fratty. It's got it's got some chest thumping in it. Oh, is it Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Oh. It's another one I haven't seen yet. That's real good. I yeah. saw it in theaters. And Me like, too. I didn't know what to expect when I walked in, but I walked out and I was like, that was a good movie. Big roller coaster ride. Yeah, uh, that's it's one of those movies that everybody was talking about for a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a rate of five hundred and sixty-nine swears in one hundred and eighty minutes for a rate of three point one six fucks per minute. Sick. 
Uncut Gems has 560 in a shorter running time, so its rate is 4.15 fucks per minute. I felt it. What are, what are two and one? I, I, I said a uh, documentary called Fuck and Swear Net the oh. movie. Got it. Uh, is Scarface on here? Scarface is number 59. Oh, wow, it's low. Where's the South Park movie? Not in the top 100. Actually, this only goes down to 139. The last one is The Night Before, the Christmas movie with Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. All right. Mm. So I guess I was wrong about South Park. (laughs) I'm going to go back to this list because it is interesting to see what's on here. Anyway, also, Howie has three kids, right? Yeah. He has the daughter in the play, he has the son who has inherited his gambling addiction, and he has Benny. Benny's got a race the car. The son? Yeah. That's all I got. With LED lights. Yeah, they were like, she was like, hey, go, 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 go say goodnight to Benny. And I was like, yo, Benny's got the coolest bed. Holy shit. <laughs> Those are two weird rooms i guess the one with the race car bed is less weird more like all right cool kid room the other kid is in a room that has huge flat screen tv as the centerpiece it's the size of a closet Mm -hmm. it has a basketball hoop inside and then the wall is just covered every inch of it with like collectible dolls shelves and shelves of collectible dolls rich people are weird man it's interesting. Yeah. Or pretending to be rich people are weird. But it didn't look like... The thing that I thought was the weirdest was it didn't look like that kid Henny. They were like sports figures. Like it was little bears. Maybe it was his mom's room? With a basketball hoop in the middle of it? Maybe it was his mom's room, and then when they had kids, they started taking over? I have no idea, man. His mom lived in the closet room? His mom, whose name is Dina and played by Idina Menzel, which is very close to her real name, which made me laugh. Just like Jules, played by Julia Fox. Mm. None of the female characters have names. It's just their names. But sure. Really? When I saw Idina Menzel's name pop up the first time, this time I was expecting it a little more, but the first time through I was like, she's going to have more to do in this movie. She's going to be around. And she is just... Nah. She's just there to scowl. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you would think she would get like a big blow-up scene or something. She kind of does. It's just all laughing. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. Very strange. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention the two guys with the long gray hair who always ask Howie for money. They're here. Did they show up in this half? Yeah. They there like are some pop things in you're going to read a second time. They pop in in the beginning and they're like, hey, give us money, Howie. And he's like, I don't want to buy a watch from you. I'm deflecting. <laughs> ah, holy shit, I'm going to come. You know, I didn't find it right that in the beginning when uh, I forgot the character's name, but he wanted to sell his watches there. And he's like, no, he's like, go sell them on the street. That was kind of messed up. I didn't like that. Yeah. Shows what type of person he is. Yeah. A bad one. Yeah. And a lot of fucking bartering, too. Yeah. Like, 
I, as a regular person, can't walk into a store and be like, I'd like to buy a ham sandwich. And then they're like, it's $10. And I'm like, well, I got three. And they won't give it to me. And I'll be like, well, get, take one of my fucking shoes and you just hold on to that. It's going to be worth something later. <laughs> and that's this whole movie. That's Adam Sandler in different places for yeah. two hours. Yeah, no, he's kicking the door in anywhere and just being like, I, I like just whatever he has. He's like that plus a little bit of money, right? All good. Now give me the spread on the points and rebound. Yeah, and nobody ever says it's cool. Like, yeah, how we all take that? Everybody's like, no, 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 and he runs away. <laughs> that's that's part of the stress. Is just like you feel him constantly, like his brain constantly turning to be like, how do I get more money out of this? And this yeah. and this and nothing is working. He's a trapped rat at all times. Basically. He's in a one man rat race and it is and he's somehow losing. And there's no Mr. Bean. There is no Mr. Bean. What, you think we're gonna say rat race and not bring up rat race? I, I didn't think we needed to bring up rat race. It's a race. It's a race. I'm winning. Yeah, man. <laughs> this doesn't have John Lovett stealing Hitler's car. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> it's such a good one, it's though. It's such a good movie. It's definitely something. My high school girlfriend's family loved rat race. It was like rat race and Sandra Bullock. Like shout Sandra, out, like Meg, all, if you're listening all to this of Sandra one. Bullock, or like a specific movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like all Sandra Bullock as an entity. Sandra Bullock across the board because of how much they like Sandra Bullock. Well, Interesting. I wonder if they. But like that was only up to like, you know, it was up to 2010. So anything before 2010. Okay, so that's not that's a, all that, about Steve. I I don't remember when all about Steve was. I thought it was 06. That's a lot later than I thought it was. Or a lot earlier than I thought it was. All that Steve was 09. Okay. Yeah, fair game. Interesting. I just um, remember it being a big discussion when um, when her husband cheated on her. And then was like, by the way, I'm a like, neo-Nazi. How could you, it was like, how could you do that to Sandra Bullock? And I was like, yeah, she's cool. And the focus was more on how did he cheat on Sandra Bullock, not how was Sandra Bullock married to a neo-Nazi and no one said I don't anything think, about it. I don't think, was he, did we know that he was a neo-Nazi at first? Or did she we just must know have known he, at some point. It came uh, out right. around a similar time, so she had to have known. Like it wasn't like the news came out and she was sat up in bed and he was like, <gasps> you know, like, <laughs> she knew. Are you seeing what they're saying about you? <laughs> it's not true, is it? It's, yeah, that that was a whole thing. I actually didn't know that part of it. You didn't that was that's like the biggest part I remember. Yeah, that was I thought that was like the part. I, again, you had the you had your uh, high school girlfriend's family being pro Sandy, so I guess they hid it from you. <laughs> but I guess like the whole world was pro Sandy in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she wasn't the Nazi. <laughs> That's true. That's true. A lot of the weekend in this. Yeah. I guess he was originally in the script when it was modern, and then when they were like, it's in <laughs> 2012, they're like, he's an up-and-comer from Canada. <laughs> Instead of just, like, scrapping that part of the script, 
yeah. and just like making him not a famous person, just making him like a DJ that she was snorting coke with. They were like, it's got to be she knew about the weekend before anybody did. She's hip. She's cool. They go to the party and they play that church preach song that my sister played a lot in high school. Sure. That's it. That was just like a small trigger for me. Just like, oh man, I know this song. It was, it was like I... clinging to the one sense of joy in the stress. <laughs> there was like a dark undertone during the weekend song, though. Like it was kind of happy and everything, but you knew like he was just festering with like anger. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What do we think of the weekend? I think he's all right. I like the weekend. I enjoy him. I like his earlier work. But mm-hmm. I do enjoy him. He has a unique voice. Yeah. I'm thought, a fan. I thought he had a cool Super Bowl thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked his Super Bowl performance, too. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, in this movie, we're talking about just the weekend in general? Yeah, just the weekend in general. Like, yeah, like in this movie, he's there. Yeah, like, I didn't have any complaints about him in this movie. <laughs> I didn't have any complaints, I do like him. complaints. It's just like, man, you stood in front of the camera. Yeah. He was definitely there. He was, I think, yeah. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> <laughs> after the uh strange high school play that i like spend most of the time trying to figure out if i knew the show or not i actually dozed off for a couple of minutes and it, i was annoyed when i woke up and i was like oh man i didn't get to see him thrown in the trunk this time it's yeah man that's uh the second he sat down at the school play i was like oh no i remember this Oh, I know no. where this is headed. He never resurfaced anything. How could you stay married to somebody like that? For the length of those three kids. Yeah. I I guess just like... But like, it's not like an overnight thing. Like he... This must have been an ongoing thing that you saw coming before the kids, right? I feel right. like at some point you you'd be like, so, I need to least. walk away from this. It had to be like, this is a slow fucking collapse like i want like a side story with her and like she just like smokes cigarettes in the bathroom and like just like hates her life and just like sits down (laughs) in the toilet she's just like i could have been with with harvey johnson instead of with this guy (laughs) the whole thing is just it's a one room it's like a 90 minute (laughs) (laughs) chain smoking and telling stories like throwing wine at it from her glass and just like yeah my husband's just a barrel of shit and here i am <laughs> in such good shape to fit in my bat mitzvah dress that's how it ends the fucking <laughs> the bat mitzvah dress is hanging on the door the whole time and, and then at the end she's like well i'm gonna go put it on and go back to passover i guess fade to black yeah the Uncut Gems fans in the audience are like, oh, that's what it was the whole time. Definitely would have got that nod if that's how it ended. Or she would have. Yeah. Apparently Adam Sandler's wife was the one who convinced him to take the role. She watched Good Time and read the screenplay and was like, yeah, dude, work with these guys. Like, your manager didn't let you read this when they first pitched it to you, but like... Dude. His wife is famous, right? She's like in his some of his movies. Yeah, I I think she was like a uh like a tailor maybe at first. This is news to me, all of it. Let's see, Jackie Sandler. 
or was she an actress? She did some modeling. Oh no, she was a model and then an actress because uh, she got her first role in the 1999 hit movie Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. What a great movie. <laughs> a timeless classic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they were married in 2003. But anyway, uh, do we have anything else to mention about the first half, or should we move on to part two? Uh, I think you're clear. And now for a brief ad from our sponsors. Not smooth my balls, though they did give my co-host Luke a decent nard whacking. Right, Luke? Yeah, kind of. Yes, smooth my balls is the best place to buy equipment to shave your meaty tennis balls. Now to our other sponsor. Welcome to DraftKings Sportsbook. We can turn your $2 bet into $2 million. You'll only get shot a little. And now back to our feature program. KG shows back up at the Sandcastle Jewelry Store. Howard st- has sold his ring like a jagaloon. Somehow, he still ends up with the Opal Rock. Kevin's mad, but he'll get the ring back later. Now for a speed round. Julia does coke with the weekend. Her and Howard break up. During Passover, Howard and his ex-wife fight. Idina Menzel was full adult height at 13. Two elderly twins with heads of ear hair are also owed sand cash. Howard's son shits in his neighbor's bathroom. The Rock is appraised for $155,000 to $250,000. KG doesn't buy it. Howard's friend does for one ninety. Howie gets his nose absolutely shithoused by those Italian fellers about money of some sort. Wow, good speed round. Anyone need a cold water? Gatorade? Cigarette? No? Alright. In the film's climax, KG comes back to the jewelry store to buy the rock. He pays $175,000 in cash. Howard, the not the duck, the not duck, excuse me, has an idea. He reconciles with Julia and sends her to the Mohegan Sun, a real place Luke has lost money, to bet all the money on Kevin and the Celtics, a basketball team I, Connor, think is better than the 76ers. Would that be R? Anyway. After she sneaks away, the mob guys show up and Howie locks them in a glass cage. Together, they watch basketball. The Celtics do all the shit they're supposed to do and the bet is won. Howie wins over a million dollars and then is promptly murdered. His shop is robbed and the movie pans to space. What's the moral? Sell your underwear in Times Square and you get to be in an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Who, who's that referencing? <laughs> Julia Fox. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh... I read an interview with her where she like it wasn't like something she was doing just like selling her underwear to everyone like there was one creepy dude that used to be like can i buy your underwear and she was like yeah i guess yeah as long as you're paying me because this was like her first gig yep and she's still doing stuff uh yeah she was just in no sudden moves the hbo movie by steven soderbergh which is it was pretty good I watched it the other night, and, like, pretty solid. I have not seen that one. I'll check it out, though. Brandon Fraser's in it. Oh, wow. It's good to see him back. Yeah, I haven't... Last week, it's weird, I didn't bring him up. I watched Blast from the Past. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is... 
It's quite a point. Because like no one talks about Brendan Fraser. You know what I mean? He's yeah, he's having a bit currently. of a comeback, but like, uh, we miss him. What's the movie that he gained like a shitload of weight for? Something that recently came out. It hasn't come out yet. It's called like The Walrus. Um, it's an A twenty four movie, which is this. So it's going to be just like well. this. Uh, it's called The Whale, uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, oh. and it's about uh, I think a six hundred pound man trying to uh, reconcile with his daughter. Maybe. That sounds disgusting. Sounds like a lot, but he de- he has some of the weight in no some sudden move. But like when he starts talking, you see his face. You're like, that's Brendan. That's my Looney Tunes back in action guy. Is it like <laughs> is it a prosthetic, or did he gain like I mean, a bunch I don't, of weight? I don't think he's six hundred pounds, but like you know, he's yeah. I was gonna say, you know, if it's as prosthetic, people get older, why why ask him to gain the weight? They can just be like, we'll just build a bigger suit. True. I don't know. Hey man, maybe so, like somewhere in between. Some people really get into the weight gaining thing. That uh, is true. Jim, Jim Carrey was thought about to play Curly in the Three Stooges remake, and he was trying to gain like. I think he was trying to get to like three hundred, three ten pounds. But and he's small. Yeah, he got to a point where his doctors were like. You're gonna die, man. Just don't do the Three Stooges. And then he's he didn't. been kind of weird for a little bit. Like, went off the deep end. Yeah. I mean, he's Dr. Robotnik now. He's, you know. Yeah. That's true. He's, <laughs> it's all good. He's having a good time. Oh, yeah. Howie doesn't have colon cancer, by the way. The polyp is benign. We find yeah. that out uh, while seven other screaming conversations are going on. <laughs> this is a movie that what do they pour in the fish tank what does that guy pour in there cough syrup right was it cough syrup all right because I, I thought it was a vitamin water and i, was like, I, I think, think he takes a sip of cough syrup based on like how he shudders hmm. and like just how red it was yeah uh lakeith stanfield you know wants to he wants out he's saying fuck this so he's uh, rightly so true but How do you work with this guy for this long? Kills fish. He does. Yeah. The fish didn't seal his watch. No. The fi- the fish did nothing wrong. I think we can mention. Uh. And yet, this is the point where, like, after he finds out he doesn't have cancer, he gets so confident again. Like. He's just like back on top of the world at the Passover dinner. Uh, he's trying to back out of the divorce, which uh, just like it's ugh. it's that bat mitzvah dress. He he was like, you were that tall when you were thirteen. <laughs> Fuck, you have not grown you. at all, Idina Menzel. <laughs> Like I guess we were supposed to take away like, oh wow, you were you're still so small that you could fit in your dress, but like, was she an NFL linebacker as a child? That dress is adult sized. <laughs> it's possible. 
she she could have been a tall kid that yeah, did not tall. make the transition to tall adult. <laughs> that happens to some people. That's true. I can't name any, but it does. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I knew some tall kids who were about as tall as they were going to be at a certain point. I just was not one of them. Did we lose Luke or did we lose me? No, I, I hear you. I think we lost Luke. Okay, yeah, no, we lost Luke. Time to text him and say frozen. Uh, I don't know. Let's keep talking. Speaking of Idina Menzel, Luke's frozen. <laughs> I uh I don't I haven't watched Frozen. It's it's good. Like, I, was, I don't know. I I was working at a movie theater at the time when it came out. Oh, okay. So like hearing the music constantly all day, I was like, you know what? I don't care to give this movie a chance. That's completely understandable. I uh, yeah. It's like, I don't know, I like the Disney stuff, so I enjoyed it, and then the sequel came out and it wasn't great. But it's you know, it's definitely something worth watching, I guess. No, it sucks because I like the Disney stuff too. I enjoy a lot of the Disney movies. And I know that one's probably really good, so I feel like I missed out on something, but there's one. There's others. Yeah, no, they, exactly. There's plenty more. I wonder if she got this mostly because of Frozen, because, like, it's around the time. But I don't when know Frozen why. Came out? 2013, when so, like, this, and this was 2019, so I guess it's, like, off the hype. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time watching this movie, I did say to myself, I feel like this movie was shelved for a minute because of the weekend's hair. When, the, uh, when it was released, the weekend had shaved head. And in this, okay. he had his uh, his dreads. And I remember, I was like, oh, I feel like this was, like, put on hold for a little bit, like, for later. And then, like, it was released. But I could be wrong. I did not know that. But that is that is interesting insight. And we're back. Yes, welcome back. <laughs> did you stop recording at all? Or did you just... I did not stop recording. Good. You'll have no, that's... tons of good audio. Things are Things will match up. That's good. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about Idina Menzel this, is in this movie and you were frozen. Oh! <laughs> uh, also, the dinner is where we get the surprise that Arno is actually his brother-in-law. Uh, yeah. I guess I didn't realize until just now that, oh yeah, we didn't know that the whole time. Yeah, uh- Watching this for a second time when you're not getting everything fresh or uh, fourth time in Corey's case is like, it's hard to like write stuff down and be like, oh man, like this happened, this happened, this happened. Cause it's kind of just like, yes, I remember feeling <laughs> bad about this and I remember I know what we're powering towards. This. Yeah. His overconfidence, his being a bad father trying to make his son poop in someone else's house the first apartment that he goes to is that really the guy uh yes that is hang on i just uh john amos the father on good times and the father of eddie murphy's love interest in coming to america 
Yeah, I I thought it was really him when he opened the door, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, just, I, I guess they just had, I don't know, I, I don't know how they got that cameo, but they were like, there it is. <laughs> it's not super distracting, even though we call it out big time. Yeah. Apparently this is inspired by the Safdie brothers' dad. Working Yikes. as a salesman slash runner for a man also named Howard in the Diamond District. Oh, okay. So their dad wasn't. So the yeah, guy. no, no, their dad wasn't Howie. They didn't come out afterwards and be like, "Yeah, man, remember the time Dad got shot in the face?" <laughs> yeah. And just like the perfect ending to one of these movies, just like a middle finger to the audience of like, "Oh, we're finally going to be able to take a breath." Everything is resolved. Like, nope. I yep. remember the first time I saw that happen, and I didn't see it coming, but at the same time, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he finally shut up. I Yeah, the first time I saw it, I think I just kind of threw my hands up and went, God damn it, of course. Like, this has been <laughs> making me feel bad the whole time. Let's keep going. Sure. Pretty sure this was a fuck you movie. It was like... Fuck you. Safety Brothers make fuck you movies. Yeah, but I didn't say that at the end when they were all singing Kumbaya and Good Time. True. But, like, that's just kind of what they do. They make movies that make you feel bad that are very well made. Yeah. So, like, I may not be the biggest fans of them, but you got, like, of the movies, but you got to give the guys some credit, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they definitely like they made the shit out of a movie here. It's just, it is not fun to watch. No. Uh, IMDb trivia. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if this is the point or not. But if you look at the poster for it, uh, where Howie is touching his cheek in the poster is where he gets shot. Maybe. It's, like, around the cheek area of his face. That's interesting. I didn't... Huh. I loved when they said that in the movie. Well, when they were like, yeah. When he was like, I'm probably gonna get shot here later. That's why I'm touching this. (laughs) I put my fingers wherever I think I'm gonna get shot. This is where I think today. (laughs) Sometimes I put it on my forehead. I don't know. It's just a thing I do. This is how I die. <laughs> I'm gonna come. Oh, they said I'm gonna come. <laughs> he didn't say that as much as I thought he did. I only counted three. Three is more three than is zero. <laughs> the most I've heard in a mainstream movie, but... More than I've heard in any Adam Sandler movie. That's true. <laughs> That's what's missing. Just It's like a... In a, in a PG-13, you get that one fuck pass. Adam Sandler movies should get one I'm gonna come pass. I don't and even you think... slip it in, and it would heighten all of them. I don't even think the pass should apply to every movie. It's just, like, when it's necessary. I don't want to hear Little Nicky talk about how he's gonna come. Oh, I feel like Little Nicky is one of the easier ones for him to slip it in there. Yeah, yeah. but I don't want to hear it. Like, right in the beginning, he's in that tree. He's... His Popeye's chicken is so good. Holy shit, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna come. come. Yeah, exactly. 
Now, like, the harder ones, like, where do you work that into bedtime stories? I was just about to say, what about bedtime stories? (laughs) (laughs) I guess in one of the story sequences? Or maybe, like, I don't know, like, outside the story sequence. The kids tell him that his tongue, he's going to light on fire, then his tongue lights on fire, and he's in the car, and he's like, holy shit, I'm going to (laughs) come. That's all I had to say. Is it? Uh, this is Adam Sandler's first uh, theatrical live-action role in four years at the time when it came out. Uh, he had Pixels, and then he had Netflix movies. Pixels. I didn't see that. I heard it was terrible. I saw it. Was it terrible? Should not have. Okay. <laughs> at the end, Josh Gad has sex with Hubert. Seems like that would be another easy one to work the I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come, right. Yeah, he could throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd have Josh Gad saying it, not Adam. No, no, no. Adam Sandler would pop up out of a bush. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. Like the Mortal Kombat guy who'd be like, I'm gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. This ending, it all happens so fast. Yeah. For a. Uh, for a two-hour and 15-minute movie, it does kind of fly by to a point. So does this side that piece, like, walk away with all that money? I think so. Because, like, she's going to go she's back not. to the shop and see a dead body. She's going to be like, oh. Well, I, oh, well. Uh, I guess I'll go back to that penthouse. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not on for sale on Craigslist. It's mine. Oh, can we backtrack to the part where he was hiding in the closet watching her? That was kind of creepy. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, like, and then he scared her. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's how you ladies get love it done. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm masturbating in the cab. I'm like, oh, sweet. That was that was like peak of times where like I don't understand why she's she's like oh yeah awesome okay like I think she's secretly way fucked up in this movie we don't really touch on it and when I caught it this time around was at the tattoo I was like oh yeah like something's not right <laughs> what do you mean she's having some life troubles oh yeah. Well, do you think she would be with him if it weren't for the money? No. Because, like... No, I don't think so. She doesn't look like the type of girl that would be with a man like that if it weren't for money. It had to... Because money had to be part of the start of it. Yeah. I mean, well, I, how do you even think they met? Do you think he just, like, threw a stack of hundreds at her face? And was like, you're my girlfriend. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can do that. I think, well, she, she worked at the store. Right. So, like, he must have employed her and then... See, that's a bad thing. And then that's another supposed to do that. <laughs> no. If HR knew about that, they'd shut him down. Yeah. I get the feeling there's no HR here. But uh, who knows, man. Sometimes, like, HR in the company is even weirder than the rest of the people there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, um, that man that she ran into, that old man who looked like a walking leather couch. <laughs> that's ended up like running and she ended up running into his apartment. He, uh, what was what was the situation with that? Was he flirting with her? I think that he was because then she comes in and then he's like, "Oh well, now I got a shower." And he's like, I have yeah. a bunch of friends coming over. But they were obviously going there because of the game. But the game was almost over. So I think he was already having a party. He was just also trying to have sex with her. Okay. Um, but she was just like not having any part of it. She was like, I could probably just hide out in this guy's place and then I could bounce. I got to say, her adorable face did not match her womanly body. No, it, it it threw me off for a second. Like, I remember the first time I saw it when he was hiding in the closet. I was like, "Who's that?" Like, I thought it was a different character because she first in bed with her friend. I like didn't notice her shape, so I'm like, "Who the hell's that chick?" And then when they were fighting after the weekend scene, I like saw her full length, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay. the same." Girl. I was like, "That's yeah. the same girl." <laughs> it, it threw me for a loop. <laughs> The first time I saw it, the first scene where you meet her, I thought she was his daughter. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. What's he? And then it was, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not a daughter. All right. All right. I'm caught up. By the next scene, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I just read that way fucking wrong. That Um, cannot be his daughter. (laughs) Yeah. No longer can be. Do you mention the tattoo? The movie also feels like it could have taken place in the 90s. Just like the way the clothing and everything was, it was was confusing because, like, they saw the iPhones and the certain people who were in it, but, like, it had that 90s feel. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Apparently, according to Wikipedia at least, uh, Adam Sandler was not the first person attached to this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, in May 2017, it was announced that Jonah Hill would be in the cast. Yeah, okay. I'm I don't, not a Jonah Hill fan. I don't know if it would work as well, but I think it's interesting. Oh, I could see Jonah Hill in there. I mean, I could see him doing that role, because if I think of Wolf of Wall Street and the guy that he was playing there, they're very mm-hmm. similar. Just one's a little bit more extreme. And this has just become so synonymous with, like, this is Adam Sandler's big dramatic comeback. Right. Could have been Vince Vaughn. (laughs) I was thinking Stanley Tucci. Okay. I would see Stanley Tucci trying to do this. Vince Vaughn, he's so tall. Yeah. I feel like people wouldn't. Like, I don't know, I feel like Arno would be like, hey guys, beat the crap out of Vince Vaughn, and they'd be like, we can't reach his face, sir. <laughs> well, S- Sandler's pretty tall, too. Is he? I he's he not, like... like, Vince Vaughn tall, but he's not, like, Tom Cruise short, either. Uh, he is... Yeah, Adam Sandler's oh, 5'10". He, yeah, he's my height. Oh, so he's, like, average. Yeah, he's perfectly average. While Vinny... Vince He's a Vaughan. giant. Yeah, Vince Vaughn is a giant. You'd have to attack five. his knees. His knees <laughs> behind the knees, like, first, and to get him down. Yeah. But he could, like, you know, there's ways to play around that. He could hunch and stuff. 
Yeah. If he played the character right, it wouldn't matter that he was tall, you know? I mean, they always do look at all that movie magic. Tom Cruise is like a normal height in certain movies. Yeah. Isn't Tom Cruise like 5'4"? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see that? I think it's I think it's an old college humor article, maybe, where it's just like photos of him in movies with actresses who are like so much taller than him. Mm-hmm. You have to stand on boxes? Yeah. Yeah, he, he has little box shoes. Like him standing next to Cameron Diaz and Vanilla Sky, I'm sure he was like platforms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's what he is. <laughs> That's the type of collab you want to reach, it. though. That they're like, no, he is not short. <laughs> he is normal height, and see how fast he runs. <laughs> <laughs> you think then? And- you think a short person would break their ankle jumping from building to building for you? And because Tom Cruise is coming up, obligatory another Jerry Maguire reference. Still good. Still a phenomenal flip. Okay, yeah. that's the only that's the only reference you're doing is just saying it's good. Yeah. Alright. Because <laughs> it came up early with football and movies. Yeah. Yeah, no. I also liked how Billy Joel's The Stranger was playing as Howard was abandoning his son in a stranger's apartment. Yeah. It's a bad man. <laughs> that little boy is a bad man. No. Howard. <laughs> Howard Just bad. Just shitting in a stranger's apartment? Pretty rude. I couldn't do that as a kid. I have, like, poop anxiety. I need to be home in my own toilet at that age. Yeah. I don't know. This kid seems kind of gross, though. I don't know. It depends on how bad you gotta go. I I got over it. I mean, I had to at one point. It was a really bad situation, but, like, that's when it happened. I was just like, alright. I didn't poop myself. I wasn't alluding to pooping myself, but it felt like it. Sorry, guys. You guys are probably thinking it. It didn't happen. All right. Do we have anything else to say about A24's highest grossing film so far? Really? I think one of them, at least. Uh, It grossed... $50 Fifty million on a nineteen million dollar budget. Yeah. It's very well received. Good, good. Do you think if the movie didn't have Adam Sandler in it, it would have gotten the hype that it got? No, no. not unless there was another Adam Sandler caliber person attached. It would get it if it was Jim Carrey, or like. A similar Vince like Vaughn. like a comedian. similar funny person. Yeah, comedian Vin- doing a drama. Yeah, like David Spade. If David Spade did this movie, that would be something I'd like to see. That's interesting. Because I feel like he real. I think he really could act. He just like has it, but I feel like he could. <laughs> he just chooses. Yeah, he's just like people love me for being making these easy, stupid films. I'll find. Yeah, like I'm yeah, just I'm just here to give snide commentary and then move on. I put all of my <laughs> acting talent into Emperor's New Groove and never looked back. It's all in it's all in Dickie Roberts and Joe Dirt. Dickie Roberts. Emperor's New Wait, Groove. 
Holy shit, a bike. <laughs> Dickie Roberts. Isn't the point of Dickie Roberts, he's a bad actor. Well, yeah, but then, like, he can be good. He's only bad because he didn't have a real childhood. Right. So he has to have the childhood with that family. Right. But he's also trying to fuck the mom. (laughs) (laughs) The most I remember besides Goo Goo Gaga Bikey is they didn't put water on the slip and slide. Oh, no, his nipples. (laughs) (laughs) That movie is unopened in my living room. It's just on the shelf, still in plastic wrap. Doing a full stinky Pete on a DVD copy of Dickie <laughs> Robbins, former child star. I just, I think I bought it one Black Friday because it was like $2, and then I just have not ever opened it. Oh man, that's double the amount of money I would pay for Dickie Robbins, former child star. <laughs> enough about Dickie Robbins. <laughs> There's never enough. Let's go to Although Joe movie. Dirt is, is a better movie than Dickie Robbins. Okay. I think Are we Joe not all Joe Dirt fans in the house? No, Joe I, Dirt. Joe Dirt is great. Joe Dirt two wasn't, but Joe Dirt one was good. I never saw it. Oh, what? It's a good movie. I might have to watch it this week because Blank Check's doing an episode about it on Sunday. But I can't believe you have lived twenty six years without seeing Joe Dirt. He, he he has a mop and a mullet. Something yeah, something tornado. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I got. He's attached to... He thinks it's a bomb? It's just poop! It's just a septic tank! <laughs> Listeners, you can't see my face, but uh, you know that face Kermit the Frog makes when he gets all scrunched up because he's annoyed? <laughs> the dog's balls are frozen to the porch? Come on! So this is classic comedy! <laughs> Every episode, we do the criteria, which is, you know, it's stuff that we do to compare it to see if the movie is better or worse than The Pacifier. Uh, so, first up, how is the soundtrack and or score to the film? Pretty decent. Pretty yeah, good. the yep. music's pretty it, good. It's more Safety Brothers synthy stuff, which I always dig. And it's got the church song and Billy Joel's The Stranger. So I <laughs> yeah. mess with it. The regular, the songs that they pick that aren't just like background ambiance are solid. Yeah. Uh, where does the lead actor land on the dieselometer? A ranking of Vin Diesel's performances as characters based on charm and ability. Obviously, the lead actor in this is Adam Sandler as Howie. Where are we? Where do we put him? He's a shyster, dude. I gotta say, he's it's it's Vin Diesel selling street sharks for sure. Nice. I was thinking that Howard has an addiction. Obviously, he is a gambling addict, and he will do everything in his power, no matter how much it hurts the people around him to satisfy his addiction. So, like, he may be betraying his brother-in-law, he may be putting so many people in danger, but he's got to make those bets. That's Howie's addiction. Dom Toretto's addiction is family. (laughs) And in Fate of the Furious, he turns against his team for family. Because well, he's got to keep that baby safe. So this is Dom them? Toretto in Fate of the Furious. Um, I do want to add, though, that 
I feel like when he does win, he does share his winnings with the people he loves. That's true. Yeah. That says something. That's true. It gives him some amount of points. Yeah, I'll give him a, a point. It'll give him <laughs> a single. <laughs> Unfortunately, Dom Toretto has never said, holy shit, I'm going to come. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> uh, do you have a dieselometer, Corey? Um, no, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> That's no problem. <laughs> uh, did I like this as a kid or would I have liked it as a kid? God, no. No. As a kid, I probably wouldn't have... Like, how young are we talking? Like, under 10? You can you can split it up into, like, under 10, young, or, like, 15 or under. I feel like... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have cared for this movie when I was that age. Either for 10 or 15, I was too preoccupied with other things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a no for me, too. I think this is a movie that... You have to like, like appreciate maybe because you're not gonna like it, you know, and that's not the kind of movie you want as a kid. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I probably would have seen it. I probably would have been hyped to see it only because of Adam Sandler. Yeah, but I probably would have walked out not liking it more than I do now. That makes sense. I Uh, laughed at all the fucks, probably. Yeah. Or There's made a like a bunch of, of I'm gonna come jokes when I get out out of the theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what has the director gone on to do? This is directed by the Safdie brothers, Josh and Benny. We did their movie from before this, uh, Good Time on the Show with Matt Randall. And uh, you know they're moving on. They're going to be doing a TV series for I think HBO called The Curse, which is a genre-bending comedy about a newly married couple trying to conceive a child while co-starring on an HD TV show. <laughs> cool. uh, starring Emma Stone, Benny Safdie, and Nathan Fielder. Hmm. Like Nathan for you? Yeah. Sounds interesting. Yeah, um, I'll probably watch that. But yeah, they haven't announced a new movie yet. So, who knows what they're doing. Uh, Benny's also going to be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. Mm. Which is just a surprise. He's going to be playing a lightsaber? Yeah, he's just going to stand there and be a lightsaber. (laughs) He's going to say buzz. Everyone's going to be like, hey man, didn't you direct Uncut Gems? And he's going to be like, wolf. Yeah. Is there anything in this film that's as memorable as the Pacifier's Peter Panda dance? The ending, for sure. Yeah. Or the I'm gonna come. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's him screaming, I never resurfaced anything. I don't know why that line sticks in my brain so much, but for some reason I find it so entertaining. Alright. Uh... Who is or is there a Brad Garrett slash Carol Kane memorably bizarre scene stealing side character in the film? I guess like there's a lot of memorable weirdos around, but I'm actually gonna give this one to Kevin Garnett okay. because 
he's like so surprise good and you're not expecting it. I'm gonna have to give it to the guy who shot him. Like one right. of those little Italian guys who think, you know, I thought they were yeah. interesting. They were throughout the whole movie. Yeah. They were always there. Always asking yeah. for the money. Asking for that gabagool. I think I would uh, put it on a similar wavelength as Kevin Garnett, but I'm going to go with The Weeknd. Oh. Ah. Why is he there? I don't know, but he's The Weeknd and it's 2012. <laughs> the camera moved so fast that, like, I wouldn't have known he was there if they hadn't prefaced it with, like, oh my god, The Weeknd's in there. Did you know? It's The Weeknd. It's easy in the other room. It's The Weeknd. <laughs> there was, like, a flash of his hair, and I was like, oh yeah, there he is. That's the guy. <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, is there anything that's as batshit insane as the one scene sound of music subplot from the pacifier? Which, in case you don't remember what it is, it shows up about halfway through the movie. It's about two scenes long. Seth, one of the boys Vin Diesel is watching, is found skipping wrestling practice with bleached hair and a Nazi armband in his locker. Because of all those things together, everyone thinks he's a Nazi and he never denies it out loud. So Vin Diesel chases after him on a children's bike and discovers that he's no Nazi. He's actually just playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music. Vin Diesel will later go on to direct this production and cast Brad Garrett as one of the nuns. Is there anything that's as batshit insane as that in Uncut Gems? Butthole cam? Need I say more? Right. The opening, like, like... Inside the gem to colon. <laughs> I was going to say how we open and close the film on the quantum realm from Ant-Man. Yeah. They should have ended it back with the colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah. Just like... They zoom in. The camera snaked around. Yeah. Just through just the head and then down to the butthole. <laughs> like through the... Yeah. Through the bullet hole. <laughs> and then just like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we Making enter and exit his world through holes, huh? <laughs> How about that? And do you guys have a ranking for this film and a rating against the Pacifier? Or a rating for this film and a ranking against the Pacifier? Okay. It's just like a numbers ranking. But this movie's kind of like watching Schindler's List in that seat in the in the like the bug's life tree ride in disney that's just like that stabs you in the ass in the middle it's oh the um, i remember that <laughs> and like but you're watching the a feature length film there so that's just going to happen throughout and you don't know when so like you know that it's good you know on paper that you're watching like oh yeah like this is a critically acclaimed decent movie but like also you never know when you're going to get stabbed in the ass it's not better than the past fire. Um. Yeah, no, I don't have any anything witty or intricate to say about it, but no, it is not better than the past fire. Yeah, I like like just reviewing this like a normal person. Like it gets four stars out of five, and I hate it. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. a it's a fantastic film. I said this last time about every Safdie movie, but I never want to watch this again until I guess I'm forced to for some other reason. Right. But like, it just, 
bad vibes, bad feeling. I like to pass fire more because at least I smile in that one. <laughs> and that's that. That's our discussion on Uncut Gems. I hope to <laughs> never again. And for our next episode, Corey has the movie that he's going to give us some clues that we're going to try to figure it out. It's time to play the coming attractions game. Shit. I didn't prepare for this. Um, okay, so I had this, I was mulling over two movies in my head, but I think I'll pick. All right, I'll go with that one because it leaves, it opens up for a discussion once you do research on the film. Um, okay, it is from, I think it's from the mid 90s. It is a racy, <laughs> racy erotic. Uh, drama starring an unlikely famous childhood star. Um, now, were they a star in their childhood and they're older now? Or they're a child? Uh, they're older star? now and I think that they may I don't know how old they were when they first jumped onto the scene where we all know this person from. But I would like to say, no, no, yeah, uh, I would say late, early teens. Oh, man. Hmm. Is there any, like, iconography associated with the movie? Hmm. Oh, it it takes place in Las Vegas. Is this a movie people consider bad? It has a big cult following. Oh it's my. not. It's not Nicolas Cage, the the drunk Nicolas Cage one. No. Okay. No, is it a? Oh man, I can't think of any of the lines, and I know I've heard so many people talk about this one. If it's what I think, is it a one word title? Yeah. And is there um, a gender in the title? Yeah. All right. I think I have it. Okay. All right! Wow, I, yeah. that's nonsense. That's it's you just communicated in nonsense. It's not nonsense if the film is Showgirls. It's Showgirls. Oh, it's the uh, it's an NC seventeen. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. pool scene. It's an NC seventeen. I don't even know how to describe it because I wish I could like talk to you guys about it because you have to, but you have to watch it first. But it's one of my favorites, and um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I'm very excited to actually witness it for the first time. Yeah. It's literally called the worst film ever made for like the longest time. But I, it's, I love it so much. I'm but it's like excited. recently <laughs> flipped in the public opinion, hasn't it? Like it started yeah, it to get recently like got a like massive cult following, following under it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's Yeah, like it's midnight showings and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But alright, so tune in next week when we're going to talk about Showgirls with a very special guest. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for being on. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, no, I, I no, I do nothing. Follow me on it. No, never mind. I'm not doing that. I don't want people following me. But thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I enjoyed myself. Thanks for coming. There was an off-Broadway musical version of Showgirls. Sorry, we'll get to that. I had heard of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as for us, you can follow us anywhere at No Highway Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. 
That's all of them. <laughs> uh, you can send us an e- you can send us an email at nohighwaypod at gmail dot com if you want to add to the random request roulette. Luke is patiently waiting, but I'm not going to give him the go ahead. Oh, did I hear it's chicken time? I think it's chicken time. I did um, not say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know what? There was a there was a tagline in this film, and you know what made Connor say, "Holy shit, I'm gonna come!" It's a certain recipe for sauce for chicken from a now closed restaurant called the Rafters Bar and Grill in Amherst, Massachusetts. Uh, it, it since shuttered its doors. But the doors of Connor's heart are wide open, and uh, we're just really we're trying to get in touch with the old. (laughs) We're just trying to get in touch with the old owners of that restaurant, so we can get a hold of that that Yukon Gold Chicken Wing Sauce. And so, if you know you know anybody who knows them, put us in touch. Uh, We'll we'll make that live on the air for Connor to say, "Holy shit, I'm gonna come." I said enough in this episode for me. For me to say, like, oh, man, I don't want to say that on the air, but, like, I don't want to say that on the air. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but, uh, you can uh, give Jeff us the phone. You can, you can call us uh-huh. on our uh-huh. hotline. On the phone? Uh, man, I'm tired. You can call <laughs> us on the hotline. That's uh, 301-941-7493 or 301-941-SIZE. It's what we're calling our Highway Patrol tip line. Give us a call uh, if you want to request a movie, if you want to say anything about Showgirls, if you want to say anything about the show in general, whatever you want. You can just leave a message there and we will play it on the air. That's 301-941-7493. Yeah, just keep tuning in. Keep telling your friends, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, you know, the usual podcast stuff that you're supposed to say. And, of course, thank you to Ian C. Weber for composing our theme song. I had a thought for what the C could stand for, but I don't want it to be that. Oh. Well, it could be. Come. That's what I didn't want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ian. Uh, Follow the link in our show description to go to Ian's website and hear all his cool stuff. And we have anything else? That's it. All right. Thank you again, Corey. Thanks for having me, guys. Tune in next week. Hey, everybody. So it's Connor from the not-too-distant future here. I was about to say Showgirls with another special guest, but unfortunately, uh, so June and July, we've gotten a little off schedule. It's been crazy busy for the both of us. So Showgirls is going to be premiering in August with a special guest. Sorry, it's going to take a little bit, Corey, but... Guaranteed, it's Showgirls. It's going to be a fun episode. In the meantime... Oh, the mic was wobbling because this is not the usual table I record on. In the meantime... Next Tuesday, we're going to be doing our first ever Best Of episode. So if you have any favorite bits from the show, from the past... God, what is this? 65 episodes that we've done so far, including the bonuses. If you have any favorite bits, tweet about us, email us. Leave us a voicemail, whatever you want to do, and we'll put that together. It'll be a little best of, little look at how far we've come, look at how things have changed, and then that'll be next Tuesday. Next Friday, 
the address will be announced probably on the best of episode once we get logistics figured out next Friday, January 23rd. Yes, it is the 23rd. Will be the first ever Vinny Awards at last. We'll be hosting them live with a camera, we think. And if you want to watch them live, we'll have the link for you by the time the Best Of episodes comes out. We'll let you know. We'll be incessantly promoting it on social media, probably. And then that recording will go up as a bonus episode. If you ever just want to listen to it, we'll see what happens. But so Tuesday, Best Of, Friday, Vinny Awards live, and the... uh on VOD, whenever you want, I guess. And then next Tuesday, uh, two Tuesdays from now, so Tuesday the 27th, hey you, what you gonna do? We covered the first one, so we figured we might as well do a bonus episode for the sequel. Space Jam and New Legacy is gonna be on July 27th, and then after that, the first Tuesday in August will be showgirls so again sorry Corey, it's taking a little bit to get to showgirls but we got a lot of fun stuff planned in the middle and all this fun stuff will give us time to work out more logistics and uh schedule better (laughs) so yeah tune in next tuesday for the first ever best of no highway option i don't know the did Diesel Selection? I don't know. We'll figure out a title for it. Uh, but back to the regular outro. But for now, for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And I've Corey. <laughs> and as always, these have been our opinions. And if you didn't agree with them, that's too bad because it's our way. No, no Highway. And now, Luke's journey while his Zoom is frozen. If you remember about 45 minutes in the episode, Luke's Zoom just shit out on us. I don't know what happened. But he kept recording, and he had some suspicions. So now you'll get to hear them as they were happening. Hello, no highway option listeners. It's just me here on the microphone. This is my journey, my journey through the internet to reconnect on Zoom. I think Connor kicked me off the Zoom out of spite. Pretty uncool, isn't it? You know what you could do if you're listening to this? You could call in and you could tell him that to to repay this, he could... Oh man, did I lose internet completely? Shit, well, you're going to just keep listening to me for a minute. Um, yeah... We could watch The Master of Disguise nine times in a row, back to back. And that's how 
That's how we could reconcile this. I know, I know at least one person is listening for that, and that's Brad of the D College Podcast. Brad, let Connor know. Send him, send him mail through the U.S. Post Office. Or you could call him. Call him on his phone. Call him on our phone. Say what you want to see is nine watchings of the Master of Disguise back to back to back to back to back to back. I started clicking on stuff, so I've lost count. It's not going to come to nine. All right. Here we go. I'm clicking on the zoom. We're getting back to it. waiting for Connor to let me back into the Zoom because he is indeed the one who booted me. You know that, listeners. I know that, listeners. He booted me. You know that. Uh How would I throttle your internet from a different state? Think, Luke. The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.